Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Honestly, from my walk-in this week, I just want to talk about how excited I am that we are finally covering BTS's debut album. Um, I don't know why we have not done it yet. Um, I just think we haven't like had the time or there's always something to talk about, right? I'm so freaking excited to do this episode. Yeah, I felt that this was the best way to start 2021 because 2020, there was so much BTS content, so much new music. It was wonderful. And what a better way to start 2021 than just going through their debut album and talking through it. Yeah, the classics. I really like how it's our first episode of the year and we're talking about their first album. I know. Yeah, really cool. Really neat. So on that note, welcome back, Iconics. And if you're new to the podcast, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany. And this is Standing BTS. Yes. Yes. Welcome to another wonderful episode where we get to hang out for about an hour and just talk about BTS. What a wonderful hour it is too. But disclaimer, this is an informative fangirl podcast. That means that we're going to fangirl, laugh, and learn a little bit along the way. Yep, that's right. This is an explicit podcast though. So if you aren't cool with that, you can dip out now. We won't blame you. Totally. But if you're down for some, this album is fucking full of iconic moments. Of course, it's their debut. Oh, yes. Or No More Dream really is the best debut song ever. Hands down. It will stand the test of time. It has. (laughs) Yeah, but forever. (laughs) Forever. Forever. Yeah, it's so good. So if you're down for that, then you're in the right place. Okay, so in today's episode, we are covering the Too Cool for School album. We are going to go song by song. We're going to talk about the production, who it was written by. We'll get into just the the instrumental and then also the lyrics, of course. So if you are listening on Spotify, we'll have our Spotify exclusive episode where you can hear the songs inserted in between our commentary, which is really wonderful. So you can really set the stage and get the vibe of the song and really be familiar with it before we start talking about it and telling you some information about it. So This episode is going to be really great. This is their debut album. This research has been really fun and we're we're really looking forward to it. But before we get into today's episode, we do want to say thank you, Iconics, for being here and for supporting us. Um, If you would like to support us even further and have access to our episode notes, important links and pictures, um, you know, like messages and just, you know, other Patreon content, then you could support us at patreon.com slash standing BTS. Or if you'd like, you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash standing BTS podcast. 
Your support helps us to improve the quality of our content and to continue putting out bi-weekly episodes. Any type of support is super appreciated. Yeah, thank you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so our January charity of the month uh, is not a specific charity yet again, but this is National Blood Donor Month um, and it's a perfect time to resolve to be a regular blood donor and to help save lives. Um, extreme winter weather in some parts of the country and seasonal illnesses often make it difficult for the American Red Cross to maintain a sufficient blood supply at this time of year. Mm -hmm. Um, So you could donate at the American Red Cross or any of your local blood banks, um, but it's definitely an important time to donate. Yeah, and the COVID-19 pandemic has caused unprecedented challenges to the U.S. blood supply. Donor centers have experienced a dramatic reduction in donations due to the implementation of social distancing and the cancellation of blood drives. Blood is needed every day to provide life-saving treatments to a variety of patients. Yeah, and if you live in the United States, you can go to americasblood.org to find a donation center near you. Um, Just some more reasons to donate. Every day, 31,000 pints of blood are used. Um, Every two seconds, someone in the United States needs a blood product. And it's the blood already on the shelf that helps save lives. So the sooner that you can get it in storage, the better it is. So that way, somebody who really needs it could use it. Um, If all eligible individuals donated two or more times a year, blood shortages would be eliminated. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. I know that this is something that people really need. Uh, I have so many patients that are anemic or have really low hemoglobin levels because of GI bleeds. I mean, there's so many reasons that people would need a blood transfusion and things like that. So this is so important. So Kayla and I, you, we're going to go and Donate Donate blood blood together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we will make sure to share a picture with you guys when we go donate blood together this Mm -hmm. month. Um, We know that Army, we are huge with hashtags. So if you go donate blood this month to help raise awareness, please use the hashtag National Blood Donor Month, NBDM, or ADRP. Mm -hmm. Or all three. Or all three. All right, let's go ahead and begin our album review. So general information for Too Cool for School, BTS, this was their debut album and it was released on June 12th, 2013 through Big Hit and distributed by Lowen, which they have had multiple name changes to their company. But the album was promoted by two singles, No More Dream and We Are Bulletproof Part 2. The album was promoted from Big Hit as a, quote, fresh new take on 90s hip hop, a new bold message from hip hop boy band BTS. What is your dream? The album includes eight tracks with a ninth hidden track named Path or Road, which we unfortunately, for people listening on Spotify, we won't be able to play that song because you can only find this song on the physical album copy or on YouTube. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, we're really excited to talk about that track as well. Yeah, we I mean, we just learned about it doing this research. I can't believe I mean, we missed it at Bang Bang Conde too, I guess, when Mm -hmm. they performed it. But cannot wait to talk about that song so guys make sure you listen to the end so you can hear us talk about path um okay so let's get into some kind of like hip-hop themes and references that come up 
uh, throughout this album. Mm -hmm. So BTS is a hip hop boy band and originally all of their music is very, very hip hop based. Um, So hip hop is just a set of cultural norms, aesthetics and political orientations. Um, These arise from American urban environments as experienced by poor and working class people of color. Hip hop manifests in numerous art forms, including rap music, break dance, street art, street fashion, and also poetry. It's also spelled hip hop without a hyphen in between or hip hop together as one word, also with varying capitalization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were really influenced at the beginning when they debuted by hip hop American music. Uh, we know that Namjoon, Yoongi, even J-Hope all were heavily influenced by that. Yeah, definitely. Also, just kind of going along with the title of this album, we thought that we would mention what old school is. Um, so old school spelled with a K, um, is it's a contested term, but in general, it refers to hip hop made in the period between the 70s and the 80s. I never knew this. When we were going and looking up these hip hop terms, uh, seeing that old school was spelled with a K, it made so much sense that too cool for school, the school is spelled with a K and this is just how it's referenced and yeah. spelt in like hip hop. Yeah. Super cool. Okay, so let's get into the first track on the album, which is Intro, Too Cool for School. All right, so this song was produced by Supreme Boy, and there is no crediting for the writers. So Intro, Too Cool for School, featuring DJ Frizz, was mostly produced by Supreme Boy, but we feel that maybe DJ Frizz worked on it a little bit, maybe some of the writing, but it really is just a song that has a lot of sampling and distorted voices and stuff in it. So for the production and instrumental, DJ Frizz, you know, starts off speaking this sample. Uh, we hear record scratching, this boom bop, this bass line of 808 drums with a snare and a hi-hat. And then there's a distorted voice that I really, it really stands out to me that is spelling out Bantan. Mm-hmm. I love it. B-A-N-G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really love. <laughs> remember when uh, Intro Persona came out? We were like, "What is this sample? Like, where is it from?" Mm-hmm. And we did not know until we went in to do this research and we looked at Dulcet Bantan's lyrics, and they had featuring DJ Frizz. And I think you had seen that before, but I had never seen that before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, I guess this is this, it's not original. sampled anyone. It's original." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as far as the meaning of the song, we really feel that this intro sets the tone. Um, you know, intro doesn't, the intro of an album, especially hip hop albums, don't always have to have intro as the title, but a lot of them really traditionally used to. And some of the best intros are labeled as such. Um, and so it's very, you know, much an homage to that traditional hip hop for them to start their first album with an intro specifically. Um, we really feel like this song functions well as an intro. It really sets the stage, um, And it's a basic introduction of who they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So DJ Frizz starts out by saying, we're now going to progress to some steps which are a bit more difficult. And I just, I love, you Mm -hmm. know, I have to point it out because it's the intro persona sample also. And I just think that it's so classic. It's fitting because this album is called Too Cool for School. And this is intro, Too Cool for School. So when you hear this at the beginning, it makes me think of test taking, ready, set, and begin. Yes. Oh my God. Um, And then... (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're blowing my mind here, but so true. But we really need to put 
ourselves into the scope of when BTS made this album, you know, they were in school or fresh out of school. They're very young. Their scope is so much smaller than it is nowadays. You know, they were dealing with the dreams of children and teenagers and, you know, the the lack of dreams at the same time. Um, so I definitely, I think we're seeing the school theme already with the Ready, Set, and Begin. Um, I, again, think that this song functions as an introduction because they say, who's that? And then that's when they spell out Bantan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just perfect. Absolutely perfect. Yes. So we hear Namjoon say, we tell our story on behalf of those in their 10s and 20s. You take that too cool for school. Hell too yeah. Cool, too cool for too school. Cool. I love this line because who are they telling the story of? They are telling the story of the people in their 10s and 20s. But I mean, it's transcended beyond that at this point. But mm-hmm. like when they started, they were really telling the story and the struggles of the youth. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, they gained such a cult following. Yeah, they yeah. really have a following now that is expanded beyond the 10s and 20s. All ages. But this is really the audience that they strongly spoke to at the beginning where we hear Hitman Bang and just. BTS speak on the matter of what made them so successful and I think it's because they were delivering a message that so many people could relate to so this is them right in their intro of their debut album saying we are telling this story on behalf of those on behalf of you guys that's our purpose Mm -hmm. tell me why I just got full body chills I know (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's get into the second track of the album we are bulletproof part two so this song was written by P-Dog, Hitman Bang, Supreme Boy, RM, Suga, and J-Hope. Um, so from the beginning, BTS writing their own songs. Um, and then the song was produced by P-Dog. For production and instrumental, this song starts out with the sirens, you know, that really activates your attention. You're like, oh shit, something's going down. Mm-hmm. Um, there's hi-hat drums, there's that basic like 808 bass line going on. Um, it has a really high tempo that's especially evident in that background melody that really carries us through all the way th- through the song until the beat drops at the chorus. Um, we don't really know how to describe it, but it's that, I mean, if you're listening on Spotify, you just heard mm-hmm. it, but the do 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 you know yeah 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 um also this song has like chaotically fast rap verses um especially i I always think of namjoon's delivery when he pops off i mean it's so fast i mean especially with that high tempo background melody it's like whoa this is so much going on you know um this is high energy super high energy this is a really powerful and dominating song it has that badass feel and it gets us hype like this is one of my all-time favorite songs i know you love love this song (laughs) (laughs) so rm at the beginning starts off and a couple of the lines that he says is be nervous the one to end it all we are bulletproof i fucking love the cockiness and Mm -hmm. the assertiveness right here the one to end it all like little did they fucking know where they would go and what they would become BTS just has this destiny and I feel that all of them inside just felt this strong destiny to be a part of Bonton and that they were going to go places. But here to in We Are Bulletproof part two on their debut album for Namjoon, the leader of the group, to be saying, be nervous because we're the one to end it all. And yeah, 
they are. Yeah. <laughs> they've they've succeeded so much. Second round of full body chills right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they go on to, I mean, we hear throughout the song, we are bulletproof. We are bulletproof. And BTS, Bulletproof Boy Scouts, their name, Bantan Suidan. For me, this is a song that declares who they are. This is their debut manifesto. Hell yes. And this <laughs> is the song that really defines what Bulletproof is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some of the other lyrics that I really liked is I pulled, this is Jungkook's verse. He raps, I pulled all nighters at practice rooms instead of school, dancing and singing. While you guys partied, I gave up sleep for my dreams. Fuck. Think about how young Jungkook is. I, I mean, know. Just so young. And I mean, really, I'm being honest from the beginning and something that he's reflected on now. I mean, even as recently as with my time, you know, mm-hmm. like what he gave up for those dreams. Truly. Yoongi later on in the verse says, but I got lucky and was contacted by an agency. All you who are called rappers because you can't sing, the rapper title is a little extravagance for you. He's acknowledging, yeah, this is one in a fucking million mm-hmm. that he's made it to this point. Um, but he's a true rapper uh, uh, with true ability. And anyone else who has this rapper title that they're just basically pretenders. It's, you know, here's an extravagant title for you that you don't deserve. Mm-hmm. I love the flex. Always. I really think that Yugi just has this sour, bitter taste in his mouth, especially at debut. Cause he's like, I've worked so damn hard to be here <laughs> and I fucking made it. Yeah, Hell Yeah. <laughs> So in the core, or I guess in the pre-chorus, Young sings, I will show you as much as I sharpened my sword to all the people who look down on me. This really is BTS saying, hey, like, yeah, we've, we've come here. We've become this group, this hip hop boy band group. And they've, they haven't maybe been supported the most or people haven't had the highest hopes for them. And so this is them saying, Hey, yeah, we're going to do it. Yeah. I mean, they're doing what hadn't been done. Um, I love getting into the chorus, Jim and the first couple lines that he says is throw a stone at me. And then he later on says, we have no fear. I love that from the beginning, they're speaking on fear. To this day, to this they day. constantly reference fear in their lyrics. Yeah. And I mean, I on multiple albums um, and the impact of fear and the problem of fear and the motivation of fear um, and just them coming from the beginning saying like, you can't hit me. I'm bulletproof. You know, um, I think it's very impactful. Oh, it's so impactful. This is bulletproof voice guys. I, I mean, you hear them say click, click, bang, bang. Uh, they're the strongest. Nothing can stop them. Invincible, unstoppable. Absolutely. No fear. Mm. I love that bulletproof, the eternal that we have now speaks on the same topic, but it's like, more of the movement of BTS and ARMY and the relationship between and this movement that BTS's music has created, that is bulletproof. That is unstoppable. Oh but back, I mean, we're, I mean, mentally we all have to take ourselves back to 2013 debut BTS. This is really, this song is them proving themselves. This, this is them like we have talent. We've made it here and we're 
now that we're given this opportunity, we're going to show you what we got. Like we're special. We can do this. Yeah. Now that we are finally able to debut Mm -hmm. all of the blood, sweat and tears that they put in the three years leading up to debut. The trainee life. The trainee life, you Mm -hmm. know, all of, I mean, even the the, underground scene, the underground scene, all of what they did even before they were trainees, Mm -hmm. um, they finally made it. I think you're so correct. This is them declaring we're finally on stage. We're going to take it. We are bulletproof. We're fucking bulletproof. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, J-Hope says, look at my profile. There's nothing there yet. Still a trainee and a rapper man. I love that he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're new. We're fresh, you Mm -hmm. know? But he, you know, he goes on to say like, well, anyways, doesn't matter. You're still an amateur. I'm in the majors. Hope you'll rot like that. Like, basically, I hope you stay down. I hope you don't make it. Um, (laughs) I'm a professional now. Mm -hmm. You're an amateur. I'm literally a professional. Um, Love it. I love the cockiness. I love the cockiness, too. Aaron's verse goes on to say, haha, youngs who only had hip hop pride told me I'd be impossible. But look carefully, I placed a period after impossible. I'm possible. <sighs> Just this for me really is how, especially for like Yoongi and Namjoon, when they originally debuted, they were in this underground rap scene. I mean, strong rappers. And they got a lot of uh, critic uh, from just the public that they were no longer rappers because they were rappers turned to idols. So it really is just Namjoon and Yoongi had this extra hurdle to mm-hmm. overcome. And an extra chip on their shoulder about it. Yeah, because they were being so criticized but uh it was not only like we are debuting as this new hip-hop boy band but also just because we're idols now in a k-pop group doesn't mean that we are not rappers yeah it doesn't mean that they've lost that whole identity i really love just the cleverness in his lyrics i think it's so classic namjoon i place a period after impossible i'm possible stop genius Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh yeah yeah Okay, so next on the album is Skit Circle Room Talk. So for the skit, it was produced by P-Dog, but in terms of the writing, it's really just them going around and talking in the skit. So just for some background information in terms of hip-hop, a hip-hop skit is a form of sketch comedy that appears on a hip-hop album or mixtape and is usually written and performed by the artists themselves. Skits can appear on albums or mixtapes as individual tracks, or the beginning or end of a song. Some skits are part of concept albums and contribute to the album's concept. Skits also occasionally appear on albums of other genres, not specifically hip-hop. So clearly BTS use this, they're a hip-hop group, they're debuting, debuting as this, so I love that they have this skit in there. It really contributes to their concept uh, because in this skit, they're at this hip-hop club where they are skipping class and they're all meeting together and talking in a circle about what their dreams are. Yeah, I really love that they included a skit on this first album as, you know, contributing to the concept, Mm -hmm. to the concept of them being, you know, school aged and dealing with, you know, the problems of youth. I think it really helps us place them there and helps us, you know, like thinking about being a fan back then. um, It helps us like start to develop their personalities and the idea of who they are and, you know. And what they stand for. I mean, they're all getting together, this group of seven boys, they're getting together skipping class to talk about what they want to be doing bigger bigger things than what they 
are experiencing in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I really like uh, something that's something that stands out to me in the skit is that both RM and Yoongi reference that they uh, listened to Fly by Epic High. And after hearing that song, you know, obviously both of them individually, like in Seoul and Daegu, you know, didn't know each other. But hearing that song made them start writing, made them start, you know, turning to rap and using that as an expression. Uh, I think it's so, so cool that they have that you know, singular interest. Yeah. It's yeah. really neat that they have that in common. Um, I like that Young mentions that his dream was playing saxophone <laughs> yes. and that he doesn't play anymore because his mouth hurts from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and really they just go on and on about how his mouth hurts from and playing how saxophone. huge it is. Yeah. The saxophone. <laughs> um, I love how Jin says that his dream was just to like basically work a nine to five and get fed by his wife. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, like everyone just wants, to work a nine to five and get fed by their significant other so mm-hmm. i get it yeah um but just thinking about how he developed into like eat gin and how he owns restaurants and how that's kind of like a passion of his i just really love that he mentioned kind of meals and food at the beginning here mm-hmm. nam june ends up asking j-hope saying hobie hope <laughs> i love this <sighs> hobie hope what were you doing and j-hope says that his dream was dancing and jimin feeds off of that as well that his dream is also so dancing yeah and then Shuga ends up asking Jungkook at the very end what his dream is or was and Jungkook just kind of doesn't answer like ah, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah I mean he's like oh I don't remember and then their their little group gets broken up by the teacher who walks in knocks on the door and is like uh hey what are you guys doing in here yeah, and why are you brats. skipping classes oh this hip-hop group <laughs> <laughs> so then it's kind of over but I really love the concept of this fitting here on this album the skit and the concept of no more dream which is our next song it really fits yeah definitely so let's get into no more dream so no more dream was written by p-dog hitman bang rm sugar j-hope and supreme boy and produced by p-dog um, as far as the production and instrumental of this song we kind of start um at the beginning, we hear a crackling sound of a record or even maybe a tape that's played right before the bass line starts to play that classic bass line. Um, this bass line carries throughout the song in the background. Do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also some like, we kind of described it as electronic music. Um, it's typified as rapid syncopated breakbeats, um, maybe aggressive, jagged electronic sound. This kind of has a little bit of that going on we thought maybe that has some influence there um we can definitely hear like those we hear some claps you know maybe some hi-hats or snares acting as like a clap right there um we hear a classroom a school bell the song is largely dominated by some low aggressive rap um of course we hear gunshots and machine guns um of course of course (laughs) and uh they really sound like they're pulling us in you know this is a really enthralling song it's hype it's aggressive it's powerful all of those things this truly is one of their best songs it's the best debut song it's the best debut song ever Mm -hmm. like i've watched other groups debut songs i'm like "Mm, nothing is better than bantan no more dream no more dream so 
the iconic lyric <laughs> is in this song where Sugar says, I want a big house, big cars, and big rings, but in reality, I don't have any big dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, this line was used again in Home and again in Interlude Shadow. Um, and I think this line really highlights, you know, Yungi's greed from the beginning um, and his ambition and desire for just more and more and more. Understandable knowing where he came from and how hard his life was. You know, we've talked about how at one point he was choosing between bus fare to go home and a meal for the night. Um, and so he is super ambitious, but I love that this line has returned um, throughout their discography. Uh, I feel like he maybe even uses it in another song somewhere. I know he changes sometimes when they perform this song, he'll change that line from I wanna to I gotta. Because he got it. it. (laughs) (laughs) He got that big house, big cars, and big rings. Um, But yeah, it really, from here, is like showing what he really is desiring and wanting. But when we get into interlude... I'm Sorry, but also him addressing, I don't have any big dreams. And that's the concept of this, this, I mean, the song, No More Dream. But the album is questioning, you know, what is a dream? What is their dream? And so him saying he wants all these things, but at the same time, he doesn't have any dreams. You know, it kind of gives the idea of not sure how I'm gonna achieve that that's very true yeah so this first part too they go in to say even if I don't dream no one says anything to me everyone is thinking the same as me when we were still young I said I'll still go to some university I think this just goes to show that a lot of us are taught and told to take this easy path in life where you study hard you go to university and you get a good paying job you work that nine to five it never society and when you're growing up and choosing a career path or what you're going with your life you never really ask what your dream is Uh, you're thinking more of that stability you're doing what you're told so I like the questioning the questioning the norms of but what is your dream what do you want to do yeah I really really like that uh, when they go into the pre-chorus with uh, Taeyang and J-Hope, um, something that really catches my eye, of course they ask, what is it that you dreamed of? Asking this main question of their concept and of their album. But when they say, who do you see in the mirror? I gotta say, go your own way. Even if you live a day, do something, put weakness away. I really love this almost call to action, this boost of confidence into be able to dive headfirst into your dream. Like maybe you don't have a dream because that nine to five, that, you know, the, this, the easy path that you were talking about does not motivate you or inspire you. But when you look in the mirror, if you ask yourself, if I only had today to live, what would I do? Do something, put the weakness, put the fear of committing to it away and just do it. Easier said than done, but you know. Easier said than done. I also love that they're asking all these questions for this like high school, school age. For youth, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean their very small audience at the time this probably really made them think about their future and what they wanted and what they could achieve and maybe set them on a different path at that time yeah mm-hmm. for John Gook's verse he ends up saying grow up don't just talk you have a glass mentality boy stop ask yourself when did you try hard oh for John Gook saying when did you try hard the boy who has worked hard at 
everything he does. Oh my you know? God. Um, but that glass mentality, boy, you have that glass mentality. You don't, you don't break beyond that. You're so stuck. There's no flexibility. Or you're even s- that you're fragile. I think about Ooh. that as you're fragile, like you couldn't handle it. Oh, I see it as like firm, something that can't bend, only mm. break. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Grow up. Grow up. <laughs> Jungkook saying grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's talking to himself but at the again, time. But it's, again, it's just reiterating that, yeah. that, um, you know, ask yourself, when did you try hard? If you put your, if you invest your time and your work into something that you truly love, like you're going to do your best. You're going to want to put everything you have into it. Definitely. So in the chorus, they end up saying, it's a lie. You're such a liar. See me, see me, yeah. You're a hypocrite. Why are you telling me to go another way? Do well yourself. Please don't force me. La, 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 la. What's your dream? What's your dream? La, 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 la. Is that your dream? Is that your dream? Fuck. Yeah. Um, this is just, I think, especially for me, I'm just thinking personally, growing up, my parents, oh, I mean, college was just not an option that was like you're gonna go you're yeah. you're just gonna go there was no opting out you had to mm-hmm. me too and I was really forced down this road of you know where to go and how to be successful and live this this life where you just fit into the mold of what everyone else is doing and so for them to say you're a hypocrite you're why are you telling me to go another way well do yourself uh, I, I just love that that you're what is your dream make it your dream, not someone else's dream. Mm -hmm. And don't force me into something that you've idealized as something that would work you mm-hmm. know that's not what I want to do mm-hmm. yeah um, I really love when Yoongi says boring same day every day repeats adults and parents tell us the same dream going same right dream. off of what you just said mm-hmm. that you know fitting into the mold you you complete secondary ed you do university you graduate you find a job and that's it you know like this is really saying there has to be more yeah yeah it's not like I'm a Hobie bias or anything, but I literally <laughs> highlighted all of J-Hope's verse. <laughs> Throw a fastball to the self-study time. That is a waste of time. Disobey the hell-like society. Pardon the dream. Ask yourself about the profile of your dream. Oh, man. So him saying this to me is him really saying, like, literally, throw that away. Like, why are you worrying mm-hmm. about this? You could do something else. Yeah, disobey the hell-like society. Fuck yeah. <laughs> do that. I disobey love that, this standing up to the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love his verse. Um, I love the bridge uh, where this is kind of, again, kind of a call to action, kind of that last thing. What are you going to do? Uh, this is RM Sugar and Jungkook saying, don't know how to live, don't know how to fly. Don't know how to decide. Don't know how to dream now. Open your eyes again. Dance again. Dream again. Don't hesitate. This is all of what we're doing. You know, people feeling like, I don't know how to live. I don't know how to fly. I love that they're mentioning fly also, like RM Sugar, Epic High, fly, you know. Um, But, you know, don't know how to decide. Don't know how to dream now. Like, you could be all over the place with your decision making. um, But this is really motivating. Okay, let yourself be free. Break out of the mold. Let yourself fly. Yeah. Yeah. Open your eyes again. Mm. And then for the outro, Namjoon says, 
to all the youngsters without dreams. (laughs) 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 Uh, But yeah, calling out to, to all of us who don't have dreams, but haven't given the chance to even think about what our dreams are. Yeah. But now this is BTS saying, Hey, what is your dream? Hmm. Hmm. The best. The best. <laughs> <laughs> so next on the album is Interlude. All right. So Interlude was produced by Slow Rabbit, which makes so much sense in terms of the production of the song and how it feels. There's no writers for this because there are no lyrics. So for production and instrumental, just some... Uh, reference back to that hip-hop terminology the interlude has always been an opportunity for an artist to switch up the vibe of their album and transition from one style to another sometimes they're musical sometimes they're a humorous skit or not so much thrown in a comic relief Hip-hop albums have had interludes for a long time, but they're transformed slightly during this current generation of the genre. Uh, So yeah, this interlude with how slow it is, we went from mostly Supreme Boy and P-Dog producing a lot of the songs at the beginning of the album. Now we hear at the interlude where we have Slow Rabbit, who still works with BTS and has a very much different style. Slow Rabbit, I think, is such a perfect name for this producer. For the type of music that Mm -hmm. they produce. I also want to say that we got that info about an interlude from from an article on hotnewhiphop.com. We do have that linked in the episode doc if you want to go check it out. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I really was interested to hear more about the the idea of the interlude. I'm surprised we didn't look into it with interlude shadow, Mm -hmm. but it totally makes sense that it switches up the album I think we've always innately felt that um I really love I think about Halsey's Suga's interlude on her album and how that switched up the vibe of her Mm -hmm. album and how it was like an artist that doesn't fit on one of the main tracks but Mm -hmm. you can put him right there yeah Yeah. I didn't know that it traditionally uh, a lot of the times an interlude would feature another artist yeah or that you know this is a really big thing for hip-hop albums specifically um so again I feel like they're really paying homage to classic hip-hop with including an interlude and this functions as switching it up between the hype of no more dream into our next song which is like mm-hmm. so interlude starts with these turning of pages and it ends with the song having another turning of pages or it sounds almost like the pages crumbling a little bit like they're just like crumbling it in their hand uh but the song is calm relatively mm-hmm. compared to the beginning of this album you can kind of hear like I feel like I hear echoes down a hallway a little bit like in my mind if I envision something while listening to this interlude I'm envisioning like Yoongi sitting with a notebook writing some lyrics like in a hallway Mm -hmm. and there's like people further down the hallway like classes getting out or whatever yeah it really just allows you to process what just happened especially with no more dream after hearing those lyrics and reviewing those lyrics of no more dream you really need time to process and just think about where that took you and you know so this having no lyrics in the interlude here allows you that process time definitely in this interlude there's a casual electric guitar strumming uh there's drum accompaniment and then there's this sound effect in the background that i really love that sounds echoey and distant but it's like this bubble sound Mm -hmm. underwater like towards the end yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it really just it calms you it's really nice Mm -hmm. it's a really nice way to kind of fade us out of the song and then getting into like next i think a perfect place for this song on the album Mm -hmm. 
So Like was written by Slow Rabbit, RM, Sugar, and J-Hope, and it was produced by Slow Rabbit. Uh, totally makes sense. Again, placement on the album coming off of Interlude produced by Slow Rabbit. I love how they waited for the second half of the album to just be like, okay, we're going to bring in Slow Rabbit I now. Know, I mean, totally switch it up. They're showing so much with the different production styles. They're showing such a, a broad scope of talent and ability and music style in this first album. Mm-hmm. Um, the production and instrumental, there's a nice drum beat, but it sounds like, you know, kind of a classic drum set. There's a keyboard. Um, at the beginning, we hear a dialing of a phone and some like bleeping of foul language. Um, but this song kind of has soft serenade vibes, pretty flirty, you know, feel like I'm sitting in a coffee shop. It's smitten, it's upbeat. Um, but it does have a little bit of that feel of pining to me. Um, and then obviously this song really highlights the vocal line um love that because the rap line has been very very highlighted and prominent throughout this album so far i always go i i really do pair slow rap slow rabbit and jen together i think abyss slow slow rabbit actually Mm. worked on that song with jen so yeah i it's more vocal line here that we get to see whereas the first half of the album is pretty rap dense pretty rap heavy yeah for sure love i mean we love it absolutely (laughs) but it's just awesome that they're changing it up so much it's so i mean like yeah So for the lyrics and meaning, let's get into the lyrics here. For the first verse with RM, he says, but calling or texting you is like losing. So honestly, just kind of an overview of this song and the meaning of this song. It's about like social media likes. And this is a little bit more of their lovey-dovey kind of music. This is why you have that smitten feel when you listen to it, because it is kind of talking about this like young love relationship. So, but calling or texting you is like losing. So going through a breakup or having a relationship with someone and then you're no longer talking anymore, to be the person to reach out to text or call is like, no, it's like a failure. I can't do that. I mean, okay, (laughs) again, putting us back in the scope of 2013, we were like 17, 18 in 2013. You could not text first. You could not text somebody first if you went through something, you broke up with them, had a mm-hmm. fight or whatever. You could not be that person. So, mm-hmm. of course, that it's it's totally like losing. Yeah, you're yeah. weak. You've lost. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to say, I don't like becoming one of those 30 likes from here and likes from there. Saying, quote, let's meet up once and why are you so pretty? No, you you don't want to be that person, no. you, but it, it's the temptation of wanting to like a photo or just the temptation and, and the struggle of going through a breakup or whatever and not reaching out to that other person because you miss them. Mm-hmm. But also seeing it on social media, mm-hmm. the problems of social media, yeah. I think is so interesting that they're highlighting that in this song. So RM goes on to say, you're not even mine anymore, but why do I feel like you're being taken away? And he acknowledges that they're living just fine without him, but he doesn't want to see them partying so hard. And it's, you know, it's really, it's just hard to see. I mean, we've all been through that. We have all been through. It's so hard to see somebody move on and seem really happy after you feel devastated that you're not with them anymore. Okay. But even though you see that on social media, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that they are true. that way. Yeah. When I went through my breakup, my first serious boyfriend that I was with for like a year and a half I deleted all of my social media accounts because seeing this shit like destroyed me it absolutely ruined me 
Yeah. And, uh, but that doesn't mean that he was actually living that good of a life, you know? No, no, he he wasn't, you know, putting up a huge front and that's the other danger of social media is like, you don't, you know, people show the side of them that they want to show, um, and project that to the world. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's really struggling with this concept. So for the chorus, they sing, don't want to be full, want to be cool, want to be loved, same love as you. This is just, you can hear it when they, when they sing it. It's so lovely and it really makes me feel smitten. And when they perform the song, they're always grinning ear to ear Mm. and being flirty and cute. But yeah, I don't want to be a fool. I don't want to make a fool of myself, which is so easy to do. When you're in love. When you're in love or crushing or whatever. Yeah. I mean, even the next line, I know it's over. Like... Oh, that pining. It's like, I baby, you oh. want it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so for Sugar's verse, he ends up saying through that, I'm backspacing into memory is like looking at old photos or photos of a new boyfriend. I'm backspacing into the memories and the world. Everything has stopped. So why am I still stuck in those times? The idea of backspacing. I like that, Mm -hmm. that phrasing, that wording. Deleting. In my mind, it it makes me think of typing out a message or a Mm -hmm. comment, you know, under their photo or, you know, typing that text that makes you lose or whatever. And then just backspacing, you know, Mm -hmm. thinking about those memories and being like, I can't do it. I can't reach out. I can't Mm -hmm. do this now. BTS are so clever with their (sighs) lyrics. Even back then. 2013. Even back then. Okay. I'm sorry. Debut. Oh my God. They're so good. They're incredible. Uh, Yoongi goes on to say, I love, he uses these really graphic lyrics and is known for this, still does it today. He says, your heart is like a guillotine cutting me mercilessly, but like a goblin, I secretly go to you and watch your daily life. What powerful imagery he uses here. Not only the guillotine, the cutting me mercilessly, uh, makes me think about an outro tier where he says here's a knife carve out my heart like same kind of imagery and like just torturous pain that is you know this person is kind of putting him through as he's going through this this breakup yeah. um i really love but like a goblin mm-hmm. like i, I secretly go I to secre- you and, to watch your daily life yes. like i secretly go to your profile and naming yourself a goblin this creature this you know this <laughs> thing and knowing you know it, it, it makes you creepy and it makes you like you know it, it's not a good imagery to say like i'm like a goblin um, but it's really powerful to be like, you know, almost like he can't help it. Yeah. yeah. The intelligence that Namjoon, Yoongi, and Jayop all have of just being able to put what we all feel and experience into words and imagery like this. Mm. It just perfectly shows and expresses how we all feel. This is why we connect to their music so much. It's like, yes, I feel like a freaking goblin. Like going and looking <laughs> going at this insane. guy's profile. Why am I doing that? Yeah, like fucking, what's that guy from Lord of the Rings? Like with the ring, like my precious Schmeagol or whatever. Yeah. Like that's literally us over our phones. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Um, he ends by saying, as I contemplate, I decide not to click like. Also, like we're going on this journey through the rap verses where Namjoon is really struggling with wanting to reach out and implying that he had reached out because he lost with those messages and then Yoongi going getting to the point where he decides not to click like mm-hmm. yeah I mean once you call yourself a goblin I'm just like <laughs> okay yeah You're like, I better I need, not like I need that to take a step back <laughs> 
So for J-Hope's verse, he says, As I wonder how you're doing, the likes are shining. You, the one living fine without me. Why did I think of you? The only thing that finds me is pity for myself. So yeah, this really just kind of does full circle here of what they're both talking about. It's just, you see those likes, they're shining. This person looks like they're doing so well. They're doing so fine without you. But in reality, it's like, but if they are, I'm really just pitying myself at this point. Yeah. Uh, I I need to go on and, and do my own thing. I need to to recover from this. And, and this is just me pitying myself. Why am I here? Why am I doing this? But he says, I'll press the button on your post and go. So he is resolved. I feel like he's resolved to the point where he's okay. He mm-hmm. doesn't feel like embarrassed or, you know, like he's pining after them to like their posts now and support them kind of as a friend. He does end his verse by saying, no, you want it. No, you want it because I've been spending my time without you recently doing this. And I know that's what you want. Yeah. And I think that kind of gives us the glimpse of social media isn't always true to what reality is Mm -hmm. that maybe this person is posting these things just because they want you to be feeling miserable on the other side of your screen yeah Mm -hmm. they want you to be tortured by this post you know yeah you know you want me to be spending my time like that yeah wow genius song the lyric you know even for it being this like lovey-dovey social media breakup song the lyrics are still very dense in the sense of like it really puts into words how this is something we all have gone through at some point and we can all relate to. And I think we all went through this during our youth, especially mm-hmm. not to say that you can't go through these same experiences you can fully totally in adulthood go through this in adulthood, because we don't know what that's like. I mean, we're very yeah. fortunate that we're both married, happily married. So we don't have to deal with this shit, but I imagine if we were still dating. Oh my God. You'd still experience this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just imagine like, even if you're, you know, discovering BTS way past your youth and you've already gone through this, I mean, us going back and listening to this song, we can think about all those points in our life coming up where we felt exactly like this. And I think it's, I mean, they're just doing such a wonderful job of giving the youth a voice at this time and really channeling our emotions and struggles. I just want to be devil's advocate or just put some room for thought here that they have this song about social media and the toxicity of it and how it can make you feel so terrible. But thinking about BTS's success and where they are now and how being top social artists and their presence on social media has led to such incredible success and just really them getting out to the world, like spreading their message and who they are and their music was really a, a chunk of their, I'm not all of their success, but a chunk of their success is attributed to their presence on social media and ARMY's presence on social media. To this day, ARMY dominates freaking Twitter. Yeah. Uh, to see this kind of <laughs> twisted fate, this twisted relationship. Mm, I know. It's, I mean, this is something that we could always dive more into, but there's, I mean, with great positives there's great negatives with Mm -hmm. you know with social media like this Uh, it makes me think also of those concept photos that they had where like they're in the box and all the cameras pointing at them and like they can't escape um from the constant barrage of media around them Mm -hmm. um yeah all very interesting that in their first album they're already speaking about social media yeah yeah okay so next is outro circle room cypher 
Okay, so for Circle Room Cipher, it was written by P-Dog and every other BTS member, and then it was produced by P-Dog. Before we get into the production and instrumental, we just want to define what a cipher is. So it's the rap equivalent of a jamming session in which informal gathering of rappers taken in turns to rap can either be a cappella accompanied by music or with a beatboxer. Lyrics can either be freestyled or pre-written verses. So at the very beginning, we hear these doors opening. You hear BTS come in. They're all settling into their seats. Suga lets everyone know that he's created this beat. The beat that he's created is quite simple and steady, uh, pretty easy to freestyle rap over. And he's allowing this opportunity for all of the BTS members to go in a circle and and do their freestyle rap. Yeah. So what's important to highlight about this song is not necessarily the lyrics that they say because they are freestyling, um, but more their delivery. I think this mm-hmm. is really each member's introduction of this is my rap style. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of cute with some of the vocalists who are really not meant to be rappers that they still contribute their little rap verse and do a great job also. It's a glimpse into their personalities as well because the personality attribute of BTS is such a, a thing that attracts a lot of listeners and a lot of army because we want to know who they are and this really gives us an idea of who they are. One thing I really want to mention too is that they all hype each other so, so much during this cipher. They are so supportive. Any little tiny rhyme they make or how they deliver it in a cool <laughs> cocky way, they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, just best friends yeah. hanging out, supporting yeah. one another. Even during Jin's verse where he essentially says Jin and rhymes Jin with Jin like eight times in a row, mm-hmm. like they're hyping him up so much and it's so fun to listen to it really is i have to say that sugar's verse is really really great he's the first one to go and then namjoon goes after him and also does really well but jungkook is after that and he kind of debuts a little bit as a rapper uh, because of his rapping on this on this album but man he does such a good job Mm -hmm. his delivery it rhymes well it flows well it's just impressive uh, and then after him is Young, which he surprisingly does a really impressive job, too. He does his, a great job. Yeah. His verse slaps. Mm-hmm. But I just have to mention how I love at the end of his, he talks about the Daegu dialect and turns to Yoongi. <laughs> and he says, Yoongi Young, you alive, son. Ooh, calling him out. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone just is like, oh. BTS freaks out over this. I really love between all of the songs, you know, like whoever the next member is, it's go J Hope, go J Hope, go, you know, it's I beat up between songs too. Mm-hmm. So great. Overall, this is just a really fun outro where you get a little bit of a glimpse into their personalities and you hear all of their own raps and, and their freestyles. It's a, it's a fun time. It's a great cipher. Yeah. It's, I mean, and also setting up for all of the future ciphers that they do after this. Um, I love that they kind of continue the tradition and still now army asks for cypher part five again homage to classic hip-hop including a cypher on their first album i think still really making that statement like yeah we're a k-pop group but we're a hip-hop group Mm -hmm. like that's where our roots are 
So last on the album is this hidden track that you can only listen to on the physical copy of the album or on YouTube. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There, the hidden track is path or road. So it was written and produced by RM, J-Hope, Sugar, and Hitman Bang. They last performed path during their 2017 Wings tour in Seoul. And then it was recently shown again on the April 19th second day show of the BombonCon online concert weekend. They replayed this performance from their 2017 Wings tour. So you got to hear it again. But truthfully, this is just a very, very hidden gem of BTS's music that not many people know about, uh, including us. Yeah. Uh, it's just... When we heard the song together and really listened to it and analyzed it, it is just a bop. And I really wish that it was shown more on their actual discography for their Two Cool for School album. But it is this hidden track, so uh, I wish we could play it for the Spotify exclusive episode. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I just love this song. When we mm-hmm. discovered it, we were like, where has this been? All this mm-hmm. time, we really talked about how like, this song could be something that they wrote and performed today. Today. Like the quality of production, the quality of lyrics. I mean, obviously we're talking about this whole album has really stood the test of time and we still enjoy all of these songs, but this song just really blew our minds. Um, it has, it could have been on B. It could have been on B. It could have fit in B Mm -hmm. conceptually. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it has a slow beat. It has a simple drum beat. It has a piano and a keyboard. A really scaled back production kind of stripped down for this one. Um, it's very rap focused. There's just one hook that each vocal member line gets to sing individually. It's like the same one every time. So very, very much rap verse driven. Mm-hmm. Um, something else to point out about the song is that at the very end of the song, Namjoon is singing the hook like we get singing Namjoon way back in 2013 which I think is especially special because we know that he usually sings the guides for their songs that the vocalists and you know everybody else will go and then sing their actual vocals over Um, but he you know creates the guides so I love that he's singing back here in 2013 and remember when Mono came out and he was singing a little bit on Mono and it was just like oh my gosh we get singing Namjoon you know and to discover this absolute gem of a song with him singing back in 2013 um, was really special. Yeah, I think back for his album review of Love Yourself, Her, he kind of talked a little bit about his insecurities or unsure about his singing and his vocals because he plays some of those sample tracks of when they started making these songs and when he was writing them. And yeah, he sings those, those original edits, those original samples. So... Obviously, he loves to sing and he enjoys singing. We're talking 2013 Namjoon who wouldn't even go on stage without some sunglasses on because he just wasn't uh, confident in his appearance. Imagine how unconfident he was back then in his vocals where we literally hear him during like DNA era talking about how he's unsure of his vocals. So proud of him for releasing mono, but I was blown away to hear him singing with his very beautiful voice for Path Mm. on their debut album. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, also throughout this song, we have Jungkook being a backup vocal. This is why it's like this could be made in 2020 because we know Jungkook to constantly be singing these beautiful backup vocals. And it, I feel like it's a recent thought that everybody's like, oh, in recent years, Jungkook has developed this ability to do all these runs and harmonies. You know, harmonies and, but no, he was doing it back in fucking 2013. Mm-hmm. This backup vocal is incredible. Mm-hmm. Also, this song has a really catchy, oh, hey, uh, hey, uh, and mm-hmm. it just, oh, it kind of pulls you through the whole chorus. Yeah, definitely go to our Google Doc and go listen to this song because that, oh, hey, uh, hey, uh, I, when we did this research, as I was getting into bed, just singing that over and over, falling to, falling asleep in my mind. Oh, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. It's so catchy. Mm, it's so catchy. It feels good. It's yeah. a feel-good vibe. It's a very feel-good vibe. It's it's a little bit born singery, only jazzier. And then as we get into the lyrics and meaning, I think I just wanted to point out that in meaning of this song, it kind of gives me Black Swan vibes. I could see that a little bit. A I little mean, bit of born singer vibes and meaning also. Yeah. Not like the losing passion aspect of Black Swan, but just like the questioning the path and the road that you're on. Yeah. yeah. For for me, this, this song affirmed my belief that BTS knew their destiny to an extent. I mean, they're, they're asking where did, you know, where is this going to take me? Where am I going to go? This life I've decided what's at the end. But to hear them questioning that in 2013 to see where they are now is like they must have felt in their gut or had some sort of like destined fate that they like somehow knew or just had this this idea of ended up, you know, driving them to Mm -hmm. ask and make this kind of song to ask these questions like, where am I going to go? Yeah, I just love and maybe this is why it's a hidden track, because it is so introspective. Mm -hmm. Um, RM's verse starts with him saying it started with Eminem, Garyon, Epic High. And I just love that he's pointing out his roots, his influences here right at the beginning. Um, And then just going off of what you were just saying, he says, but we don't know the future. Um, And, you know, they they're not sure or where they'll go at this point or if they'll even be successful mm-hmm. in his verse he goes on to say the trap of an abandoned reality oh the trap of one's youth my fiery heart lost to my cold head damn oh i just feel like that is so nom june to this day mm-hmm. like this fiery heart this passion that he has yes. losing to this cold head to the this, logic yeah the logic mm-hmm. of like you can't do that you're not gonna that's succeed. not the easy path. this is risky mm-hmm. yeah see the black swan vibes i do yeah. i do yeah. yeah but it's just cool to me that I mean, these are things they've been thinking about, questioning about for so long. I mean, this is why we're saying like this song could have been on B. Mm. Uh, He goes on to say, I who didn't want to make an even bigger idiot out of myself came to this place and three years have since passed. Basically saying, you know, he shirked school and he, you know, dove himself headfirst into the underground rap scene and he made an idiot of himself, you know, not going the easy path, you know, uh, you know, seemingly going to be this unsuccessful underground rapper, you know, not that he was unsuccessful as an underground rapper, but just not, you know, as successful as they are now. Three years have passed. Yeah, I don't want to get any of myself. But then, yeah, he goes on to say, and I think this is a pretty iconic line from it, just saying, but now for me, art is life. Life is a sport. Yeah. Yeah. Like life is a game and art is life. Like the art that he makes and experiences and is inspired by is his whole life. Mm -hmm. And like that's his passion. Yeah. Um, In the chorus, 
just Jungkook, his vocals the entire time. I mean, his background vocals already talked about, but holy shit, his vocals are astonishing. Mm -hmm. So for Jungkook and Suga's verse, (laughs) Suga says, gray hairs of greed and and ambition increase, and the many friends I had split off one by one. Lonely without family, I greet my third spring and soul alone. Okay third spring um third spring and soul alone i thought my worries will ease with the debut in front of my nose greed ambition mm. all of it's still increasing i mean he talks about this in interlude shadow this is just something that has always been a part of him wanting more and just doing more this ambition that he has talking about being in soul for a third spring alone mm. without his family the because theme of spring the theme you know? of spring yeah also even him saying like my friends that split off it makes me think of dear my friend from d2 like yeah. that loss of friendship because of the path that you chose and just that your paths went completely different ways mm-hmm. fuck thinking <laughs> that his worries would come to an end once he debuted but yeah. they're still there Uh, Towards the end of his verse, he says, I thought I was alone, but I learned that we are seven, no longer barefoot, wearing shoes called Bantan. We go on forward another step, newer than the last, towards the fourth spring, we'll greet in soul. Whoa. Just, I mean... I, no explanation needed. I just love those lyrics. I think that they're powerful. Uh, it gives me OT7 vibes. Yeah, thank and goodness they are seven. Thank yeah. goodness they are seven. For J-Hope's verse, he says, my steps head to soul. I like that he says steps because it just makes me think of dancing. Uh, I, who started out just loving dance, is soon to stand on stage. Like he's no longer in that underground seat. He's going to be up in front of people. I nurture my notion to bend rather than to break and run for three years and ignite the stars in my heart. Now see me anew. Love it that he's fully embracing this new life, this new, okay, I have all of these stars in my heart and I'm going to ignite it with this this new group, this new debut of being with BTS and Bantan, and I'm finally standing on stage. Uh, and I love that notion of bend rather than break. Yeah, and being flexible, flexible with it. I love how he says right after this, I carve Bantan into a blank page. That means the whole world. To me, this is that full commitment that this is my one goal, my path, my mm-hmm. my journey. This is the whole world to me. Yeah, and now seeing me anew, seeing that he took on the the name of j-hope as well going from jung hosok to j-hope to this this idea of hope who really created and carved who he is now i mean he talks about that a lot and then he says i walk towards my brighter future as j-hope as hobie sunshine as i put on a smile for further days i cannot deal with this song like really it's incredible Jungkook. How did they write this and put this as a hidden track on their freaking debut album? On their first fucking album. In okay. 2013. Ah! <laughs> I'm mad. Um, but also sad. <laughs> um, okay, so like for the chorus, um, they say, what would I have changed if I had chosen a different path? If I had stopped and looked back? Um, and again, I mean, this is what gives me like those black swan vibes a little bit with mm-hmm. just questioning where you're at and what could have been or what would have been if you hadn't got to this point somehow but like you've said so many times I feel like they're truly destined to have come together as Bantan yeah 
a destiny for sure. And in the chorus, they also say, what will I get to see at the end of this road? Where will you be standing? Oh, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. What will I get to see? If only they knew. If only they knew. I, this lyric made me wonder, when was the last time they thought about this song? Was it in 2017 when they performed it last? Because they just performed, you know, like, No More Dream recently. Like, did they think about it again because it's on the same album? Well, they had performed Born Singer right after they had performed Path. But Born Singer is just, oh, man, it really strikes an emotion with them. Born Singer does. But I would just really love to hear them reflect on these lyrics that they wrote back in 2013 for Path because it's like, where are you going to be standing at the end of this path, at the end of this road? Mm. What would you get to see? And for them to just really think like, man, remember that? Remember when we wrote this? Did we ever think we'd be here? And I mean, we know that they never thought that they would be, but it's just like any sort of success could have had them reflect on this and be like, wow, we've really come far. But I mean, look at freaking where they are right now. It's like they've really accomplished the most they could have ever even really dreamed of. I mean, to the extent so far beyond what they could have dreamed of at that time. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's so many lyrics in the song that draw direct parallels to their success and accomplishments today. Mm -hmm. And it is kind of chilling to think about like, they were thinking this back then and wondering and like if they only knew, you know, I would what I would do to be a fly on the wall in the room of them discussing this song now. Yeah. You know, I think it really shows that the BTS of 2013 and the BTS of today, though their music has evolved and they've played and done a lot with a with their style and their music. Uh, there's this core, this solid foundation of BTS that has been consistent throughout. Yeah, I think there's a core message and this is why we talk about them being so genuine and so authentic because how, I mean, I feel like almost every single song on this album, we mentioned another song or another theme that they've gone on to further explore or that they still talk about today because these are true to them things. They're real messages that, I mean, they just perfectly package into a way that we can reflect on it and that we can, you know, feel what they feel from it Mm -hmm. um I think it's an incredibly successful first album oh truly I really feel that if the casual listener would take a take the time to look at their discography and the lyrics they would see that this is why BTS is so admired this is why BTS are where they are today why they are this global phenomenon yeah I love when we get to this point at the end of an episode me too me too just utter awe of bts and who they are and what they've mm-hmm. accomplished um we absolutely loved diving into this album review this what week. a great way to start 2021 uh, we really hope that you guys enjoyed this beginning to the year um we do want to say a special thanks to our supporters on patreon especially our vip iconics eileen ruchal michelle park deja meg de ruggiero rachel and robin we love you guys we are so grateful for your support you guys are so amazing Yes, thank you so much. Yeah. 
If you guys enjoyed this episode or any of our previous episodes, there's a few things you can do to let us know. Please write us a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't yet. It only takes a couple minutes. Super simple, super easy. Um, we also love to hear from you. So you can reach out to us via email, standingbtspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us and DM us on Twitter and Instagram, standingbtspod. Um, we love to hear from you. It is truly the best part of our week. You guys are why we make this podcast at all. So you can find links for all of those things in the description. Thanks for listening and thanks for standing BTS.